Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I am joined today by Amanda Loudon. Hello, Amanda. Hello, I'm back with a voice this time. Yes, yes. Very good. Very good. And it does not feel like a Wednesday since yesterday was the fourth. Like I have to keep telling myself today's Wednesday. Today's Wednesday. I know. And I tell you, I just wanted to kind of continue on in that vacation mode from yesterday. But Mm -hmm. um, no, deadlines, (laughs) deadlines fall. (laughs) Right, right. So speaking of what are you working on? Um, well, it's funny. I just I um, hit you up on Twitter today because the gyrotonic piece is I posted it today. It went oh. up on the Washington Post today. Yeah, awesome. But yeah, but um, but I've got got several pieces um, in the works in the next couple of weeks. Um, one I'm doing is on, and I'm going to be involving you in this um, mm-hmm. on how to how to kind of run on the cheap. You know mm-hmm. that it doesn't need to be an expensive sport. Because I'm thrifty and. Some might say a tightwad. <laughs> well, that plays very well into the story. So, <laughs> hey, I know somebody who's really thrifty. I'll call Sarah and interview her. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got that. I've got one on the whole ten percent rule and how valid it is or isn't. Ten percent um, meaning that's how much you should increase your for, for mileage. Um, you know, temp, should you be only advancing your mileage by ten percent per mm-hmm. week? That that old um, adage. So, mm-hmm. um, looking into that and just yeah, I've got a I've got a lot of um, irons in the fire mm-hmm. that I need to finish up before I leave for vacation again on the 22nd so yeah oh my gosh yeah okay so when you were just gone you were in Appalachia yes I was there um our church goes every year to this one particular town it's up in the far southwestern corner of Virginia which is a nine-hour drive from here wow okay Um, yeah and we we took 86 people down this time and um did you drive a bus no, we car- we caravan down in in vans, um, which is one aspect that I don't like because there there are so few adults to kids, and so almost every single adult is on the hook for driving the majority of those nine hours, and um, wow, that makes me an anxiety ridden mess. To be honest, it's not my comfort zone. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So so we drive down, and um, then we spread out across this town the, the projects have all been identified ahead of time and you have a crew of about um well we had six kids and then myself and and a male each crew has an adult male and female and then you have six or seven kids on your crew and our particular project this time was putting a roof on a house and oh. um so my, and my son was on my crew which was a lot of fun him and he my son and two of his good friends and then two three girls i had on my three younger girls so you can be you were like the Brady Bunch. You were like the Brady Bunch, three girls, three boys, and a, yes. <laughs> a man and yes. a woman. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and so it's 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 it is a ton of fun. It's a ton of hard work and it's so eye opening and it's just you know, I live in this county of plenty and mm-hmm. um these kids, you know, we, we I just I am I am committed to not raising entitled children and I just this is I think it's so important for these kids to go down and see this and experience mm-hmm. it and That's you know get their hands dirty. yeah it's 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 a great and you know the cliche is we get more out of it than than the people there and I mm-hmm. you know I that's been my experience every time I've gone so yeah. how did your church find this particular town you know, I don't really know because they've been going for like 20 years oh. now. And um, so it's not, we don't work underneath the ASP umbrella. Everyone is, you know, kind of familiar with that one. Um, I don't ASP is. Oh, okay. That, that's the Appalachian Service Project. Um, okay. It's a big organization. It's nationwide. They send down crews to all over the okay. region every summer. Um, but we do our own thing with this particular community. And um, 
it's a great, you know, we've got a great relationship with this. It's a little, it's a small, it's, um, the town is called Hurley and it's the Hurley Community Development um, mm-hmm. is the organization we work with and um, every every year partner with. So we've got these re- long-standing relationships with these people and it just, it's it's really, it's really, really cool. So. Wow. And when you say kids, you don't mean like six-year-olds. You're talking the, like the kids are like tweens and teens or how yeah they, they have to have completed eighth grade that's the first okay. you can first year you can go and then what, what's nice is we have a ton of college kids who come back and do it every oh, summer wow. too so oh, we've got kids. it is and it's neat because so my son just finished his sophomore year so this was his third year of going and i could, could look back and compare it to the first year he went and and he and all the other kids who are a little bit older to watch their development and their maturity and the way they handle this every year is is really really cool too wow and then yeah. where do you all, do you all camp or where do you No, start? so we stay on the floor of a gym, um, of the high school gym. We wow. have all, we, we air bring mattresses? down, uh, we bring down air mattresses. The kids use, um, these kind of old dingy mattresses that they uh, supply for us. Um, <laughs> bed and bugs. I'm just glad I'm on my air mattress and not on one of those little. <laughs> bed bugs and lice. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's, you know, it's not, and then the food, uh, you know, like if you're a healthy person, you are going to have a hard time because the food is, they provide all the food for us. And mm-hmm. You know, I didn't see a grain of fiber all week. Um, and, <laughs> Did you see and, any grains? Uh, there, oh, nothing. No, no. It's just like it, it is just stripped down, packaged foods. Oh, wow. And mm-hmm. um, and then you know, exercise wise, there's a tiny little maybe 300 meter track adjacent to the school. Mm-hmm. We're not really allowed to go out on our own in the community. So if you can find someone who's willing to go out, you know in the morning with you and you know you can get a little bit of so I was doing like maybe three mile runs a couple of times a uh-huh. week I found a cross country runner high school cross country runner to run with so that was great um oh nice but that's the extent of it yeah so you come back feeling pretty yucky you know like physically yucky you feel you feel uh-huh. your soul feels good but you, you physically you just feel like absolute crap so yeah <laughs> right right oh my goodness well that's a wonderful thing that you and your family do and I commend that oh well thank you now it's it's you know it's it really is we get the most out of it. It's just, it's really, really cool. So awesome. So yeah. I, how, about, how about you tell me about Connecticut? Yeah. So, um, uh, so did not do any humanitarian things, but my, I saw the good side of my children. Um, we went out and saw my parents. My mother turned uh, 91 last week and my wow. father will turn uh, 91 in December. Um, and as of right now, I, um, feel he will make it to December. Uh, if you had asked me a year ago, given his state of health, I would have been like, mm, I don't think my dad will be with us next summer. And he's actually improved. And oh, that's so great. Um, I mean, in my family, I come from a long line of optimists and people who paint rosy pictures and sometimes um, not accurately. And, um, and so, <laughs> okay. And so, so, you know, always, oh, you know, your dad's doing so much better. And I think, mm, bullshit. Um, <laughs> and uh, and I, I mean, I say that with love in my heart. I just think right, you just right. keep, you know, you just keep telling yourself that. And I get out there and I'm like, oh my gosh, my mom's totally right. And um, he, you know, a year ago was definitely could, not even shuffle behind a walker and now he can um take far more steps behind a walker and he was definitely a year ago he was not engaging in conversation i mean if you asked him he finally might say something but i mean he was offering you know 
bits to the conversation and I mean he just looked so happy and his eyes were so bright he has very um pretty blue eyes and they definitely just showed a lot of signs of life and smiled a lot and obviously was so happy to have so happy to have the kids there and the kid just really rose to the occasion and um like I I prepped them a lot like they so my parents as I've said, they live in a very old um, uh, death trap of a house, and uh, it's beautiful, but uh, um, I really can't see the beauty anymore because of all the hazards I see in it, and huh. um, and, and impediments to to um, ease of movement and access. And so, um, you know, last year the kids kind of hid out upstairs with their electronics and stuff, and I'd be like, go downstairs! So this time beforehand, I was like, I don't care if you are on your phone you have to be in the same room with grandma and poppy like just you know like if you want to draw if you want to paint be in the dining room while grandma's in the dining room or be in the kitchen while grandma's in the kitchen and sure enough that's what they would do like phoebe brought her paints down and was you know sitting there at the dining room table watercoloring and or they'd bring down a book and sit there and you know some conversation would bubble up and um, oh, we brought out our game of graces, which I've talked about on this podcast. It's a wooden hoop and sticks game from the 1800s. And Very nice. so we, we got Phoebe playing game of graces and my uh, BFF came out from Brooklyn with her daughter and she played it. And, and, um, you know, it's, it's simple kind of homespunny stuff, but it was very fun. And, um, I mean, I don't know. And the kids would come downstairs and they would tell my parents that they love them and they would give them big hugs and kisses. And so, um, and then like we got there Thursday morning after a red eye. And um, by Sunday, I suddenly was like, wait, I haven't heard the kids bicker at each other. And like, that's, that's, I think a record to go from Thursday to a Sunday without any audible bickering. And yeah. So, um, so then I've, I've talked to my mother on the phone since, and she mentioned like, oh, the kids just really seemed just really engaged and, and just so big hearted. And I was like, yeah, you know, like it, it made me proud of them. So, it's so nice. yeah, it's so nice when they do rise to the occasion, like you said, you know, mm-hmm. it just. And they can surprise us sometimes, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Keep yeah. keep the hope alive because they will surprise. Right. Uh, yeah. So, um, and then had a fun experience. Um, so, like I said, my best friend came out from Brooklyn and we went over to a neighboring town called New Canaan, which um, has kind of a cutesy downtown. And uh, so, uh, my friend's name is Chalkley and we were walking along and um, uh, so chat, chat, chat. Then the kids were off. Um, um, I don't know, going to a candy store or something. And uh, so anyway, so then the next day uh, we got an email to our inbox, to the general inbox for AMR. And this woman named, this mother runner named Megan, who lives in New Canaan, she was like, is Sarah in New Canaan, Connecticut? Um <laughs> And she said that she had uh, seen, uh, she was crossing a street and it was, it was a Sunday. So it was not like downtown was pretty deadsville. And uh, she said she saw someone that she thought was me. And then when she heard me speak, she's like, yep, that's Sarah. Wow, isn't that funny? Yeah, yeah. So, um, and she's like, my husband, you know, thinks I'm crazy for writing you, but I just wanted to confirm it was Sarah. And I was like, yep, 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 yep. And I'm like, oh, I wish you'd said something to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, oh, wow. My friend would have been like, no way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, and oh my gosh, and I just do not know how people who live where it's humid 
get through those runs in the summertime. <laughs> I know. I know. It, it's, uh, I just, I've been thinking about it a lot this week because um, when I came back from the trip, I decided that I needed to get my long run in on Sunday morning. And so I, you know, hard, hard headedly just set out for 14 miles on Sunday morning and <laughs> I didn't bring any water with me. I was like, oh, oh. drinking fountains along the way. And, um, it was the most miserable of miserable runs. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, we're, we're just, we're just starting to get, we're just getting started right now. With the too. We've got a long way to go. I um, know. Oh, it's just yeah. miserable. Yeah, it, it is. It is. But I, I mean, I'm already this week feeling a little bit more adjusted. Like you don't ever, I don't think you ever like fully are like, wow, this is so comfortable, but right. <laughs> you do get used to it. And like, you know, but coming from where you come from to into this, I oh. just, it's going to be awful. Yeah. It was terrible, and it's also so hilly where my parents live. And I mean, uh, yeah, we have hills here, but like not like ones that go on for like I don't know a mile, and then is immediately followed by a you know a quarter mile one, and just right. So um, there are no downhills, right? Oh my gosh! Well, that's the thing. I mean, I hate to say it, but like on on the plans that you wrote, Coach Amanda, um, it's you know like oh you know do fourteen and power up the power up the hills because you can ease you know recover on the downhills i'm like there are none to recover on <laughs> it's all up <laughs> and, and, uh, so yeah so i did uh, i had to do i guess 12 while i was out there and you had said to do um race pace maybe from 8 to 10 or something like that and i mean uh -huh. within minutes of setting out i'm like yeah that race pace is not gonna happen <laughs> and, uh, and so i stupidly only carried 10 ounces of water with me and oh my goodness. And then like it was actually almost felt better on the hilly parts because that's where it was shaded. And then around like mile, I don't know, seven, I was just on this long, straight, sun exposed flat part. And I just oh. was like, oh my gosh, I, I like there was no one to call because my parents no longer drive. And so I couldn't. And I thought, oh, why have I not taught Phoebe how to drive yet? <laughs> like, <laughs> there, there's no one. There's a perfectly good Lexus sitting in my parents' driveway and no one can drive it. And, uh, uh, so um, so I just thought I got to I got to switch to music and I just got to power through. I had been listening to an audio book that at the end of that um the road to Jonestown book. And, um, so powered through and told my, that my parents, there's this really, really long climb right before their house. And I told myself, okay, I can finish 12 before I get to the hill and then I can walk the hill to my parents' house. And so I start, yeah, so I started plotting that out. And then I was in, um, then I remember that there's this fountain, a water fountain, not a drinking fountain, but a like decorative fountain in, um, the downtown of this place called Poundridge, New York. And so I got there around mile nine, nine and a half, and I just plunged my arms in. I, I put my hat in and, get, you know, started wiping my face with my wet baseball hat and, and yeah, just yeah. like basically took a bird bath. Yeah. Didn't, didn't care what people were thinking of me. And then I went out a little further because it's flat down there. And so I went on this actually really nice um, paved trail and went, added some mileage down there where it was flat. And then I'm coming back through um this little town and uh there's this man getting into a jeep and he had the most beautiful smile like he just like it just like i i heard angels sing when this man smiled at me and uh and so so i try i'm like okay smile back don't look like you're scowling don't 
you know. <laughs> so I smiled and I was like, you know, oh, hi. And he's like, hi. And I have my earbuds in it. And he's like, how you doing? And I said, it's so hot. And I'm by this point past his Jeep. And he says, do you want some water? And I'm like, I'm like yes, thank you. <laughs> so so this, this angel, this savior, um, uh, I held out my, you know, little handheld and, and he um, filled it up with water. And I mean, for the final two miles home, I just was like, I would not have made it if it wasn't for that stranger. Like, yeah, thank you, yeah. thank you, thank you. And then I'm like, oh, you know, people are going to think, oh, you shouldn't accept water from a stranger. And I'm like, mm, like there was, there was no option. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I thought of a, I mentioned a million years ago on this podcast, how, when I was in that near that same area, I had picked up a water bottle by the side of the road and drank from it. And uh, just like some random, you know, like Dasani or something. And uh, all the water bottles I saw were empty. Uh-huh. <laughs> like that's a whole bunch of um empty buy bottles those bai which are super a super oh, tasty yeah. drink yeah. and i was like damn it why are they empty because <laughs> yeah. i got i gotta tell you i would have done it i definitely would have done it yeah. i was just yeah. miserable yeah yeah. Times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, but now I'm back here in the lovely Pacific Northwest where the temperature uh-huh. is so wonderful and there's a slight breeze and oh uh-huh. my goodness. Um, I envy that. Yeah, yes. it is. It is really magical. And and speaking of magical, I um got to go, had my debut swim in my happy place, which is the pond that is about 20 minutes north of here. And um, so went, uh, I've been swimming twice. I went on my anniversary, July 2nd, and then uh, Molly was like, oh, let's go on July 4th. I'm like, oh, that's brilliant, because usually I only go on Sundays there. And, okay. uh, and it's this, it used to be a quarry, and so it's quite deep, um, and it has um, like the cleanest water. And if you get there before 11 o'clock, you can swim outside the roped off area. Oh, nice. And, and yeah, so it's just, oh my gosh. And, um, it just, it completely is my happy place. Like the color green of the water is so tranquil and to like have nothing. There, there's no phone. There's no one talking to me. There's no black line on the bottom. You know, it's just like just green and then turn my head and see blue or gray overcast or whatever it is and some trees. It's just like, oh, it's oh, Nirvana. I'm so of that. Yeah, it's that Nirvana. So, you know, I, I, I covet your outdoor pools and but this is my this is saving grace is having that's a, better yeah that's yeah. better yeah <laughs> <laughs> you loved me <laughs> no I don't think so because also because you know it's a seasonal thing so um, yeah, yeah but um for the pat we discovered it I guess two summers three summers ago summer of uh 2015 is when we discovered it and there used to be no uh parking fee and now this year they instigated a $3 parking fee or you can buy a season pass for 30 bucks. And I'm like, I'm buying the season pass because then I'm committing because I'm thrifty. I'm committing to, to <laughs> back to circling back, committing to uh, um, swimming at least 10 times this summer. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it sounds wonderful. Yeah. And, and then there's a, um, it's in a, I guess maybe it's a state park. And uh, so there's a um, really nice trail that goes through these um, kind of wetlands and um, some of it's shaded. And so on, um, Fourth of July, Molly and I went there together, and um, we went f- uh, for about forty-five minutes on the trail, and then went swimming for about thirty-five minutes. 
So. Oh, that's just, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. Nice. Yes. So, well, let's move on to the topic. Um, you're going to put on your, you're going to switch to being some, the expert. Um, and uh, we are going to talk about reliance on a GPS while running. And we're going to mix in a few voice memos from other runners talking about what technology they use while running and how they use it. Uh, we'll talk about eyeing the numbers right after this quick break. Okay. Coach Amanda, um, I'm intrigued to know you're the one who suggested this topic, which I love um, that you suggested it. Um, and so it, is it something that you notice that like clients you coach or folks in the train like a mother club maybe are dwelling a bit too much on the numbers, looking too much too often at their GPS? Like how did, how'd the idea come to you? Yes. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> Next question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, I just think that... Um, people who are newer to running don't know any other way than to use the technology because it's all they've ever known. Mm -hmm. And um, I think there's a lot of value in uh, doing a lot of your running without so much technology and, and not being so reliant on it and not being um, so obsessed over it. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think that too much reliance on technology really you're doing yourself a disservice so mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. because yeah. you and i uh are um of an age and and have been running long enough that we remember life before gps i mean it's like trying to explain life to our kids you know what it was like before there was cable and the <laughs> internet yes. and, and yeah. youtube uh, so yeah. <laughs> um i mean let's let's talk about that for a second i mean you know it's it's truly almost hard to remember, but I mean, I guess did we just wear watches and run by time and like drive distances so we knew how far things were? Uh, yeah, and and you know, and I and I still do a lot of that to this day because I just that's just how I I am. But um, you know, yeah, I mean, my, when I first started training, it was all by time. Everything was defined by time. I didn't even know how many miles I was getting on. I had no idea, mm -hmm. and um, and it worked out just fine. Um, you know, and and I think. You know the track also you know I, I, I learned to run on a track a lot um, oh, yeah. for, for intervals you know and um, which is a great way to learn how to feel your paces and so yeah just using the old Timex chrono watch uh -huh. um, yeah and and then I mean my town we have um, a big running club here and on Saturdays we have a huge group run and we have um, you can run up to you know like 20 mile runs with that Saturday morning run and we we have the miles still to this day. They're spray painted on out there, so you oh. know where your miles are as you're going along. And so I've always had that also at my disposal. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I um, I remember very distinctly training for my first marathon, and I was, or maybe it was my, I think it was my second. And I was out here in Portland on business. It was before I moved here. But I went to this um, fire road that actually um, Peter Sagel talked about on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. It's called Leif Erikson, and it's this um, very wide fire road that's marked every quarter mile with um, cement markings off to the kind of pillars that say, you know, one and a quarter, one and a half, one and three quarters, you know. So, and I knew the whole thing was 11 and a quarter miles from one end to the other. And so okay. I, ha I had to run 20 miles. So guess what I did? I ran out to the 10 mile marker and I turned around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. I, and I had, I remember that I had 
a Walkman with me that had a uh, radio reception. And uh, I remember just being like, jackpot. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess it had a tape play. Gosh, now I'm really dating myself. It had a tape player and a radio on it. And it was at a kind of time of day where, like, I didn't like the programming on NPR, but that was the only station I could get. So I'm like, oh, fine, I'll listen to this program that I really don't. <laughs> uh, but you know i knew i got in the miles whereas another time when i was um trained for my first marathon which was san francisco i trained for that in um when i was living temporarily in chicago with jack and um i just had to go out and just go up and down this trail until i'm like well i guess the three hours sounds about right maybe like yeah, i yeah. don't know so i'll just keep running until it hits three hours yeah yeah definitely yeah, yeah. and so i mean think about it. i mean think we you know we would show up at marathons not knowing real did i run 20 miles i don't know maybe i ran 20 miles in training absolutely absolutely <laughs> yeah yeah but i would argue that it didn't really hurt us i don't you know that that's so that's what we'll, we'll get into some of that yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> So well, here's a voice memo from Monica, and I love the realness of it. She recorded it at a pool on the 4th of July. Hi, my name is Monica Kruger, and I'm a mom of two, now 12-year-old boy and 10-year-old girl, and I run with both a Fitbit and a Garmin. I have the Forerunner, I can't remember, 200, 220, um, but it doesn't count steps and is an activity tracker. And that's the reason why I do that. But I am hoping to transition to either the newer Garmin Forerunner 35, I believe it is, or ideally probably the Apple Watch just for all the, the tech fun you can have with that. And it's a little bit of a pretty thing that you can wear for more than just running and sporty things. I'll wear it to the office and for running. I think that would be really convenient. And I mean, that's about it. I've always been really techy and have obsessed about minutes per mile. And the latest obsession has been steps and what you get with the activity tracker. And I really feel that it's important to do both. And wanted to real quick apologize that I forgot to do this until I was at the pool with my kids. And there's a, a band in the background. So happy 4th of July. Thanks. All right. So um, it was actually partly through Monica that um, I realized, came to the realization this spring, something I never knew before, is that some bammers wear both an activity tracker and a GPS, like one on one wrist, one on the other. And I just can't imagine. I mean, I don't wear a watch during my regular life. Like I, I, and I barely wear bracelets because it makes it hard to type on the computer. So, um, <laughs> but I mean, if I had things to look at on both my wrists, I think I would like be tripping on every single run. Like, <laughs> you know, like I can't, are you able to, when, when you look at your GPS, are you able to like look at it and take in more than one bit of data at a time? Like, am I just completely feeble-minded that I can't like look and be like oh that's my pace and my distance like I can only be like distance and then I have to look back at the road or like you know pace and look back at the road yeah yeah no I agree I same same thing and I mean well my my I I have I've owned one GPS watch in my entire life and it's like a really old stripped down one and wow so I think the only feedback I even can get is pace and 
and mileage on it. I don't even know. You're a um, Luddite woman. That's amazing. Oh. No, I, I really am kind of with that. That is definitely my, I mean, and I rarely, use, I don't, I don't use it more than maybe once or twice a week just to wow. track my mileage if I'm running like, you know, oh, I'm going to go out and run 14. Let me create this course right now or something like that. But um, so yeah, I, I mean, I think, I, I, I don't know. I, I can't imagine having to compute like a million different um, types of feedback. And, and, and I don't, it just seems, um, I, I, don't, I, I don't think that it's necessary to have that much feedback. Um, but, you know, I know people enjoy it. And, and, and that's like, if, if it really, if it, if it gives you some comfort or, um, you know, you feel like you're really getting a lot of value out of having all that feedback, great, run with it. Um, uh, but I don't, I don't, do I think it's necessary? No. That, that's yeah. Fine. So, so tell me this. So you let's say you're, you are, let's say you're, you're trained for a race and it says easy five miles. You just basically know a five mile loop from your house. So you just head out. Like, do you have you, and do you wear a watch? Yeah. Do you carry your phone and ever, you know, like, what I mean, do you... I've never carried a phone on my, on a run ever. Wow. Um, yeah, I don't, I am, I'm so minimalist. I'm so old school, but I, so I, I do know, I know the majority of my loops around here. I have a, I have a million, like six mile loops, seven mile loops. When mm -hmm. I run with my friends on, um, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays, we have our standard loops and we know how mm -hmm. long those are. Mm -hmm. and, and none of us are out there really wearing GPS watches. And so, um, but, but I will say, so, so one of my big things is, is definitely, you know, folks when they're running an easy run, I, I am a huge believer. There should be no defined pace for an easy run. I, I think that easy should be, be let your body dictate what easy is because it's going to be different on every single day and you know you might have you know coming off of like two weeks of, of you know pretty hard training and your legs are pretty tired and if you're going to go out on your easy run and try to hit a certain pace mm -hmm. you're, you're really not doing your body any good at all because you you want to be recovering from that hard effort and your body is the best your brain your legs they're going to tell you the best pace for you to hit and and you're it, you know, you don't want to dig yourself a hole by going too hard on an easy day. And so if you're mm -hmm. looking at your watch and going, oh, I, I know I should be hitting such and such a pace or I should be, you know, mm -hmm. faster than this or whatever, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not going to be your friend. Well, because so. I also think about that my easy pace in 60 degree, you know, overcast yeah. Portland, Oregon is a whole lot different than my easy pace would be in hilly, humid Connecticut, you Absolutely. know, even just days apart from each other. And also add in the fact that, you know, take my life that I flew on a red eye. So exactly, <laughs> so know? many factors go into what your body wants to do on a given day. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and I really think just set out and I mean, bring the watch along if you need to know your distance, that's great, but don't, don't worry about the pace, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, it is so many things. It could be that maybe you skipped dinner the night before because, you know, you're at your kid's, you know, doubleheader softball game and you just never got around to eating more than cheese and crackers on the in the car ride over there or something right, like that, right. you know? Yeah, or lack of sleep or, you know, mm -hmm. so many factors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, well, let's listen to a voice memo from Veronica, who admits to having a love-hate relationship with running gadgets. Good morning, everyone. This is Veronica recording from Vancouver, Washington, USA. I have a daughter named Isabella. She is 11, going on 35. I have been in heart rate training since last summer, so I use a Garmin 620 with the heart rate strap. I love it because it gives me really good data. 
I hate it because it's pain in the butt to put on the strap before every single run, and I feel like I look at my watch way, way, way too much during my runs, and I'm not enjoying. Running as much as I'm not wearing a watch. So, on the other hand, um, I also have a Fitbit Charge 2 that I wear on a daily basis, um, not just during my runs. Um, actually, more like 24/7 because it track my my steps, my sleep, and my heart rate throughout the day and night. Um, I also use my Fitbit actually during my run because it has a um, a mode a button that you can push and um, it also track your running. Um, so I guess you can call me Bammer Geek since I use both Fitbit and Garmin during most of my runs. All right, I think I'm running out of time. So everybody have a happy fourth and be safe out there. Bye bye. All right, Amanda, do you think there's a ideal frequency for checking stats while running? Like if if someone does, let's say they're on, um, like take for instance the run that I did this morning. It was seven miles. Um, it was prescribed by you. And uh, it was a negative split. So go out and run the, um, whether you want to describe it as the first four miles easier and slightly slower than the, the final three miles or running the three miles, you know, uh, with greater intensity than the first four miles. Like, what what do you think? I mean, how often should I have been checking my pace on that run, for instance? So, for instance, on a run like that, I would again say go out and let your body dictate the pace mm-hmm. for those first miles. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, look at the mile marker. Look at the mile marker. But don't, don't be obsessively looking at it and trying to average it out and this, that, and the other. Look at the mile markers. Kind of get a sense for what you're running and, and then, then, you know, on the next four, again, look at the mile markers. You, you don't need to be checking, you know, more mm-hmm. often than that. And so you hit that first mile marker, you know, on the negative split and say it wasn't, you know, a negative split, then you can go, well, I better pick it up a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. but it's okay. It's not going to like be, have some huge impact on your training, you know, if, if you didn't, you know, necessarily hit that first negative split mile as a negative mm-hmm. split. It, but, but again, check at the mile marker and then, and then adjust, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And adjust by feel and, you know, try, try to avoid like the, the obsessive, you know, every quarter of a mile checks, whatever it might be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just did it. Um, thankfully the, um, final three miles was slightly downhill compared to the, the four nice. before, <laughs> but, um, but just very slightly. But, um, but so I just, really just thought put more spring in my step you know feel like I was um having a little bit quicker turnover and um yeah and yeah and that's a great way to do it 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 absolutely is that's exactly how it's designed you know you want to you know finish strong it's teaching your body to 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 deal with fatigue at the end of a run and that kind of thing so yeah perfect Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and and certainly I had this podcast in mind, so I was trying to model good behavior. Um, <laughs> so, um, so, um, so let's discuss the idea of running naked, which is a um, chuckle-worthy um, uh, term for running without any tracking or timing technology. Um, you know, for somebody maybe who shudders at that thought, how do you kind of talk them into leaving everything at home? Yeah, I mean... Not I, their I clothes, can... but their technology, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so those easy runs, again, that's the perfect time to do it. Um, you know, like like I was saying, I have all these different loops and I know what my mileage is on those. And I think most people 
probably have a decent idea. If, you know, if you run from your home a lot, you probably have a decent idea of what some of your different favorite routes are and how long they are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so an easy run like today, I did six miles this morning and it was recovering from some speed work yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't wear anything. I didn't even wear my chrono track. I just went out and ran my six miles and whatever the pace was, I have no idea. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and so that's a good way, you know, start, start with maybe one easy run a week, mm-hmm. um, and try leaving that watch at home. Um, or if you absolutely, again, want to have it on there, just check your mile splits or, you know, check the distance at the end to make sure you got in the, the desired distance, um, whatever it might be, but mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And how about in a race? Um, do you ever tell your coaching clients to race simply by feel instead of any timing or pacing device? And, I thought about this, I was thinking about this. I remembered that I was flying to San Francisco for the Nike women's half. And I want to, gosh, maybe, I don't know, 2009, 2010, something like that. And uh, got to the airport and we only live about less than 20 minutes to the airport and um, got there and my flight was delayed and they kind of couldn't give an estimate as to when it would leave. And I realized that I'd left my GPS at home. And so oh. I gambled and I drove back home, <laughs> got my Garmin, and then went back to the airport and I had missed my flight. Um, and, uh, you know, I was just in San Francisco, so there, it's kind of, you know, it's like a shuttle from here. So I, but I, you know, had to then wait at the airport for, I don't know, two hours for the next flight. And uh, so, you know, I kind of got bitten in the butt by that. But I, at the time, I just thought, oh, I cannot you know, run without a GPS in the race, even though I had no time goal. Uh, (laughs) You know, it was super hilly race. So it was just like going down there to enjoy the event. And I just was kicking myself for it. That's funny. Yeah. So again, probably not going to surprise you. (laughs) (laughs) I have run one race in my life with my GPS watch and I absolutely loathe the experience. Wow. yeah, I, I don't. Do in it. awe, you are. I mean, because wow, 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 wow. That's amazing. No, it just, it just, it ruined my race. I had a horrible race, and um, because I wasn't, I wasn't paying attention to how my body needed to run that race, and so you know, I was trying to hit a certain race pace, and um, I was looking at that thing constantly, every quarter mile or so, and I'd be like, oh crap, I've got to speed it up, and then I'd look down, and, oh no, I need to slow down, and 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 for me at least settling into like that steady pace and, and holding it, um, is, you know, a much more successful race. And mm-hmm. so, um, I 100% race by feel and, you know, just start out at an easier pace than I need to, you know, I can, I just kind of feel my way and it's nice and easy and I ease into it and start picking up the pace. And then I settle into my, my race pace and, you know, I do use my Timex watch. And so at the, at the, the mile splits, I'll look mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of speed up, slow down if I need to, or in the mile places. But, um, and sometimes I don't even look at, I, I honestly, I've raced some very successful races without even looking at my watch, just, mm-hmm. just going by feel. And then, then you can surprise yourself. So yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely think, and, and we have to also always remember, um, you know, one of the common comments you always hear from people is, oh, well, you know, my Garmin said I raced, you know, 13.6 miles, Mm -hmm. you know, and so that race course is wrong. Well, no, the the race course always wins, you know, (laughs) um, that's, that's how they measured it. And that's how it's going to go. And even if your Garmin, you know, you're not going to follow the tangents, you're not going to follow the line they measured it on. And, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. 
you know, so, so, and, and I mean, and tell me, I mean, I'm sure you've experienced this, your garments pretty much always beeping before you even get to the mile marker, Definitely. right? Always, yeah. always, always. Yeah. So you're yep. not getting the most accurate information either for the race course on top of it all. So, um, yeah, that's yeah. just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think there's a sense that like, oh, it's technology, so it must be right. And, uh, I, I came across this factoid, which said that, uh, GPS watches can be off by up to 5%, more or less, depending on how clear the sky is. If you're mm-hmm. among tall buildings or trees going under bridges and, um, you know, it is so true that, you know, there's this one long tunnel that I run through on occasion and, you know, my GPS will stop in the middle of it. And, um, you know, it definitely, when you go to a new city it, or a new location, it definitely always seems to take a whole lot longer to lock into a signal because I feel that, like, it knows when it's on my back porch. It's like, oh, yeah, I know where that satellite is. And then, right. you know, I take it to Connecticut and it's like, oh, I don't know this guy. Where is it? Because <laughs> <laughs> my GPS talks like that, you know? So, <laughs> so and I, I was um, thinking back on um, Molly who gosh I, I she was doing um a marathon here um about i don't know 40 minutes outside of town maybe an hour outside of town um this vernonia banks um it's very very small race it's on a very pretty paved trail and got this panic text from her that morning saying i left my gps at home what do I do? And I'm like, God, God, do you have your phone with you? She's like, yeah, because they were going to have no electronic timing out there at all. Like, you know, because, you know, bigger races, they'll have electronic timing mats and they'll have, you know, even at some of the really big races, they'll have big electronic clocks at every mile. Right, and, right. And so that, you know, obviously the running time's not right. Like it starts when the fir- the elites went off, but you can still do some math and figure out how, you know, figure out how long that uh, mile took you. But so, so there was going to be none of that. And so, um, so I said, oh yeah, you know, here's how I, I said, okay, open up Strava and set it to talk to you. Cause she didn't have earbuds with her. And so I said, make it talk to you and tell you, um, and at the time I only thought to do it for every mile so that it would tell her, you know, it'll say you, you know, covered another mile and, you know, in such and such a time. And so she wisely realized she could do it every half mile. So it literally spoke to her. <laughs> God. out loud and that ended up being her PR her marathon PR oh that's great so you know and, and yeah and I don't think that I don't think that's a coincidence I, I mean it's I think it's it's to each his own you know I, mm-hmm. I think if that helps you and and you know helps you move along the, the pace you need to be great you know mm-hmm. I, I I think it's just everyone's different like that mm-hmm. um yeah side note on that I, I've been in races where people <laughs> have that 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 talking voice and mm-hmm. and they're not wearing headphones and it's so oh my gosh oh, it's so and, annoying oh totally, totally, totally. And, and, and and you know me like I don't want to hear it so I'm trying to like run and get away from these people because, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't want to hear the feedback <laughs> I hope you go up and thank them later hey thank you for spurring me to run faster because I want right, to get the right. heck away from you <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, here is a a message from Heidi, who is absolutely in love with technology. And um, I have to add a side note about Heidi that she and her husband got married during a relay race. Um, And here's Heidi. Hi, this is Heidi from Reno, Nevada. I have three teenagers at home and I am currently running with the Garmin VivoSmart HR+. 
I've always just run with a phone app. My wrist is very small and I've never been able to find a running watch that fits it. They're big or too bulky, feels like I have a computer on my wrist. Um, I've just never found one that worked. I discovered the Vivo Smart Series, um, tested it at a marathon expo, and I found that it was the perfect size for my wrist. It did everything I wanted it to do, pace, mileage, heart rate, um, you can set run-walk intervals, you can set a virtual pacer. Um, I just really liked all the features it has. Plus, it tracks your steps um, when you're not running. It's a great feature to have too. Um, I really like it. I miss it when I forget to put it on. Um, my dad got so excited about it that he ended up buying one. My stepmom bought one. My husband runs with the Forerunner. So my dad says the family that garments together stays together. So um, as much as we're laughing about, you know, kind of over-reliance on GPS, I do have to say that my hat is off to gals who really dive in and utilize all the different functions on a GPS device. And I'm like straight up missionary position with my GPS. I mean, <laughs> um, that got a little chuckle out of Alex too. <laughs> um, like I, I can't even program intervals into my GPS. So um you know, I mean, do you think for people who do enjoy using a GPS, what what do you think are some of the useful or or even just a watch? I mean, watches these days do a lot of stuff. I mean, right, do, right. do you think there are valuable, you know, um, like, I mean, because also like when I, I always think when I run in the wintertime and it's dark out, I was, oh, I wish I could know, you know, I wish it would beep when I've gone half a mile. So I know to slow up after that, right, know, that little right. interval. And I'm like, yep, don't know how to do that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you and me both. Um, <laughs> but no, I do think, you know, so say you've got a set interval workout ahead of you um, and you know how to pre-program all that in there so that it, you know it's you just have to listen for those beeps and not have to constantly look at the watch you know I think that's a great use of it you know for speed work and that kind of thing mm-hmm. um, or you know say you've got like a two-mile warm-up and then you're going to do three-mile tempo have mm-hmm. it beep at the two-mile mark so you know okay time to start picking it up and then have yeah. it beep into the tempo slow it down yeah um, yeah so yeah if you you know hats off to you people who do do know how to do all that programming um and i think that's a great way to use it um you know i i, I think you know like i said i think my strongest sentiment against it is on the, the easier recovery runs but for um speed work i think that's where it's a great use and, mm-hmm. and a great tool to have with you yeah mm-hmm. right right so um so what are some tips on how best to utilize a gps like i think about um I think looking at a GPS in the first mile for me, particularly as, as I get older is so disheartening and just, I mean, I don't know, I'd turn around and go home if I, if I thought that that was going to be my pace for the day. So, um, it just, what are, what are some other things that you can think of? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that one's you know, spot on. I mean, absolutely during, during your warm up miles, it, there's absolutely no purpose in looking at it. Just warm up, let your body ease into your run and, and listen to it. And, um, you know, but then again, you know, tempo miles, um, intervals, um, you know, any of that kind of thing, you know, that's where it can be very, very useful. And, and, you know, and, and then again, release it when you've, when you've gone through the, when you've gotten through the speed work portion of it, you know, then 
give yourself permission to back off and not look at it again. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and obviously if you're trying to map out a new run, you know, it, it's a great tool to look at your, your miles as you go through the run and, you know, learn where, where certain mile markers are along the route and, or how long a certain route is and all that kind of stuff. I think that's good stuff, you know, mm -hmm. and I think there's a lot of value in that kind of stuff. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, th those, those are, those are all great. Um, you know, and if, and if you care about elevation, if you like, if you like, if you're a numbers geek and you like to come home and see the elevation you ran or, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I don't know, I guess some of them can give you weather feedback even afterward. I, I, I'm wow. not really sure, but wow, listen well, to that. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I don't know, but it, you know, if that makes you, you know, feel good to go home and like have those numbers available to you and log them into your log or whatever else, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, that, that's great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because do you find that a lot of your clients are, your coaching clients are running too fast when they should be, um, you know, going easier? Yes. I think that's, I mean, I think that's the most common runner's issue. Mm -hmm. I think it's just a universal thing. Um, most people are going to do that, particularly if you're in a group and, you know, the, the pace might pick up in the group or you're, you're trying to keep up with someone who's slightly faster than you or any of those kind of things. Um, and, and you're not going to be letting the body dictate. So, you know, yeah. So yeah, again, if, if it helps keep you honest to stay slower, even, you know, mm -hmm, set it mm -hmm. up to beep at you if you're going too fast or, you know, to look at it and see if you're going too fast every mile or something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, so how about advice on training one's inner GPS? And because to me, that's one of those miraculous things that happens during training when I'm intent on hitting a time goal in my race. You know, if I'm just like for, for Twin Cities, I'm just going there to have a good time. So I'm not really concerned about pace. But you know, when like when I was trying to qualify for Boston, that, that ability to run by feel is such a valuable asset. And I just... It, I just, it seems like magic to me that how it, how it actually is able to be honed. Yeah. 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 And I mean, and that, that is, it is something you can hone and, and it is great. And, and, um, you know, I know I don't, again, I don't pay that much attention anymore, but when I was more dialed into things, I mean, that, that is, if I have a strength in running, that is it that I can mm -hmm. like kind of go, oh, I'm ticking off an eight minute pace right now. You know, like I can mm -hmm. feel it. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, and, and, and so I think I learned it originally by by you know doing workouts on the track. I think mm -hmm. that's a great way. You start to feel, you know, if you're only checking it, you know, at the quarter splits, you can start to to, to feel what you know a you know a two minute pace feels like or two minute you know quarter feels like mm -hmm. um, or whatever else. So if you can get on a track and run some of your runs that way and hold off on on checking it, ex, mm -hmm. you know, except for maybe at the quarter splits as you're on the track or at the mile splits on the track or whatever else, you know, just mm -hmm. take a glance down um, mm -hmm. or, you know, running on courses, you know, like you mentioned, like trails, there are a lot of trails around in a lot of parts of the country that have mile markers along the way. And if you can find a trail like that and run along and um, just kind of glance down when you get to those mile markers and, and see what that was, mm -hmm. you'll get there. You really will get there. Mm -hmm. yeah. I also find um, that it's kind of miraculous to me as well that I somehow am able to figure out like how much distance I need to add and and that, yes. yeah. th that so that it's it's not only my inner GPS on pace but my inner GPS on distance because yes. like like for instance when I was at my parents house and um, so an area that I'm not you know I, mean, I grew up there but I don't run there um, all that many times a year and that I was like okay I want to finish up this 12 miler before I hit the big hill and so I like 
I ran through, like I said, ran through that little cute downtown and then was like, okay, I need to spin it here. And then as I'm, I was about a mile away from my parents' house, I thought, oh no, like I, I need to, you know, add in some mileage. So turned on this road and just, I don't know, three quarters of the way down the, it's not a very long road, down the road, I'm like, oh, I got to spin it. And like hit exactly where I want to, like it being 12 like yeah, right where I yeah. want to stop. And I'm like, oh, look at me. How do you know? And I get such a silly <laughs> sense of pride doing that. And, you know, same thing today that I just went out and was like, do, 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 you know, and, you know, cross the driveway right when I was supposed to. Yeah. And so um, do you think that's just a f- the fact that you and I have both been running for decades or? I do. I do. I think that's an experience thing. I think, I think you learn to, to know, you know, mm-hmm. just how long you've been out there and what it equates to. And, and yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty good at that too. Just, and, and yeah, it's just, yeah, and it just, I, I mean, it's, it's like such an odd thing to feel like, Oh yeah, I'm going to brag about this, but it's like, but, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's a pretty cool skill, right? Like scouts of running. I can't play a musical instrument, but I know how to run seven miles without right. looking at a GPS. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, and here is a voice memo from, um, um, Melinda, who is very much in line with that person who likes, enjoys checking the stats when she gets home. And I think, um, I think a lot of women will be able to relate to this um, memo from Melinda. Hello, Bammers. This is Melinda from Ferndale, Washington. I am a mother runner to two fantastic teenage sons, and my husband is a pretty kick butt runner himself who provides me with daily support and inspiration. I wear a Garmin Vivo Fit all the time, 24-7, and also use a Garmin 220 watch for my runs and infrequent summer hiking and backpacking. I like to think that I'm not a slave to either of them, but I have recorded every single step on the Vivo Fit since Christmas 2014, and it's been over six months since the last time I ran without my watch. I think it was during stride into the holidays, and it was a forced naked run. I don't pay much attention to the pace while running. I definitely run by feel. When I get home, though, I love to study my metrics, particularly distance and cadence. Maybe my years and years worth of exercise data make me feel like my graduate work and master's degree was worth something, since I don't use the degree in my work. Who knows? I have no interest in letting go of my gadgets, though. Uh, how would I ever know how close I am to my mileage goal for 2017 without them? And on that note, as of July 3rd, I am 59% of the way there. Woohoo! So, okay, so Amanda, do you keep track of your annual mileage? Because finally, I, I never have. And um, I just always thought like, oh, how, how do people do that? Like, I'm not a, you know, pen to paper type um, record keeper. And so, but finally, I don't know, I must have had a little too much time on my hands because I was really digging through social media right around the end of the year. And I was like, oh, they know how many miles they ran this year. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I was kind of envious of that. So do you, is, I, I'm thinking maybe you don't keep track of your annual mileage. <laughs> Something tells me, Amanda. Hmm. <laughs> no, I don't. I never have. Um, you know, I, I have a basic like, okay, each week I know like my rough, weekly mileage uh-huh. so um and that's just based on like oh I know yesterday was a seven and today was a blah 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 and I'll kind of add it up as the week goes on mm-hmm. um and you know in my head I'm not I'm not doing any recording anywhere I'm just doing it in my head and uh-huh. so if I wanted to I could go back and go well I know I averaged you know around 40 miles a week for the whole year and this, so mm-hmm. that means I must have gotten this much mileage in but I yeah. don't 
otherwise. Um, I, I think, you know, you'll, you'll see a lot of these, like, I'm going to run 2017 miles. In yeah, run the year. Yeah. Adam Goucher's thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know if, if that's the best thing for your running, you know, if that's your, I mean, if that's what, if that is your main goal for the year, great, you know, mm -hmm. but if it's, you're doing that and you're also trying to hit certain race goals and everything else, it may not serve you the, the mm -hmm. best. So, mm -hmm. um, but I, you know, like to go look back on it and that kind of thing. I think that's kind of cool. Look back and then, you know, maybe the next year go, you know, it'd be neat to run an extra hundred miles over last year or something like right. that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know whether it's because we're b both of the a similar age. Do we think like, oh, that sounds like a lot of stress on the body to like put that put that mileage goal out there for That's yourself, it. right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, so, and in that voice memo, Melinda mentioned studying the data about cadence, mm -hmm. and um, which I I have um, worked with a couple coaches in the past who would have me occasionally count steps on short bursts of speed, like keeping an eye on cadence during the workout. Mm -hmm. But, oh, man, it was a buzzkill to me. Yeah. And, and, and it just, um, you know, but, but maybe talk about why cadence can be a useful tool. I thought about this morning when I, you know, thought when I had to um, pick up the pace slightly in the final three miles home that I thought, well, oh, I guess maybe I am, picking, you know, increasing my cadence a little to get to achieve that goal. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, <clears throat> there's there's you know a fair amount of debate on the whole 180 cadence number. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's been defined as the ideal cadence um, it, because it's keeping you light on your feet. You're 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 sending less shock waves up through your body, and 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 it's supposed to bring about just you know the best ideal form. Um, if you can just do oh. that, that that kind mm -hmm. of a turnover. Um, reality is the majority of people. Um, probably fall short of it and um, you know then there's debate on well is pushing yourself to try to hit that cadence um, going to get you hurt because you know you're, you're, you're working too hard at that mm -hmm. and you're like if you're a 160 cadence runner and you're trying to get to 180 you know what is it doing to your body and, and this that right. and the other and, I mean so I say take it with a grain of salt and you know if you want to play with cadence great but it's not going to make you or break you to have, you know, that 180 cadence and, and know that many, many people just aren't going to get there. And yeah, it does. Most of us, it's going to tend to go up. Our cadence is going to tend to go up as we get, as we're going faster and doing speed work, that kind of thing. Um, but again, like the, the argument for the 180 cadence, a lot of people like the chi runners, those types of people will say you can hit 180 cadence no matter what your pace is. Um, oh. yeah. So, you know, and it, it, again, it goes, goes back to being light on your feet and turning your legs over quickly and, 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 less impact on the body. So, you know, um, that, it's interesting because when Molly would be training with me on when I would have to do those count my cadence and, and, you know, the coach would be like, say, do 30 seconds and count the number or maybe a minute and count the number of times, you know, I was striking with my right foot. So it wasn't like yeah. I was trying to count to 180 in, in yeah, a minute. Yeah, that, yeah. That'd, that'd be really yeah. tough. But, um, you know, so try to count to 90, um, whenever my right foot would hit the ground yeah. and, um, and I would, and so, you know, Molly would know what the plan was. So we would both be doing it. And I would have to speed up so much to get it done. Whereas Molly, who is like a gazelle, she just kind of tink, 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 tinks yeah, along. Yeah, yeah. And she was like, I don't know why you have to speed up when you do that. And I was like, and she wasn't being critical. I mean, um, but I just was like, and I'd look at her and I'd be like, I don't know how you can keep going the same pace and have and hit that number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And some people <laughs> I do think fall naturally into it. I, I definitely know some runners who they just naturally fall into it and 
um, you know, and they're good runners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also, um, I tell myself that since I'm um, 5'11 with long legs, that it's harder for me to hit that 180 because I have these longer limbs that have to do that turnover. Am I kidding myself when I tell myself that? I don't know. I don't have an answer to that one. That's, okay. I've never put thought into that or heard anything on, you know, um, leg length impact. So yeah. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, we need to look that up because uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. A, mil- a million years ago, when I would take aerobics classes at the um, YMCA in New Canaan, Connecticut, to give that town another shout out, uh, <laughs> I would um, I had the tiniest, tiniest aerobics instructor, and I guess we were doing step at the time. Right. <laughs> and, um, this was in high school. This is actually my, but other than Jane Fonda, this was my foray into exercise. And um, <laughs> so, so I mock it now, but, but it got me where I am today. That's right. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but so this little spark plug of an instructor and, you know, we'd be doing these arm things and, you know, like, like extending the right arm and then extending the left arm. And I was always just like a half a beat behind. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, you know, and here I was, I was like seven. I thought, come on, you know, this woman's so old. She's like 34. Oh my gosh. And, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, fireplug lady. Um, and, uh, um, you know, and so finally somebody was like, well, you know, it's harder for you because you, for you, you have to move so much further through space because you have that long limb. So that for me to extend all the way fully and then uh, like I'm having to, you know, go through more distance. Right, right. So, so that that's logical. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I was an English major, so I don't know anything scientific. <laughs> don't ask me math. Don't ask me science. <laughs> I took, uh, I took psychology and archaeoastronomy to fulfill my, my math science requirements at Colgate. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, so, um, I did, I, while I was, uh, putting in together the notes for this, um, episode, I do have say I found the funniest meme and it's this woman um this kind of disconsolate looking runner with her uh hand up to her face and she says my sports watch malfunctioned and and now none of my Facebook friends will know how far I really ran (laughs) (laughs) and that's that's modern day running right there so it sure is is. and uh you know I mean another mother runner has Facebook largely to thank for our business being in existence so I don't I don't I am not by any means mocking but also I, I I sometimes forget like where my where my stats reverberate through because um thanks to my father runner friend Michael he taught me how to be able to upload automatically my GPS through my phone so I don't have to you know put it near my computer anymore when I get back in because I was just far too big of a hurdle for me and so you know as long as I put it on bluetooth then I can have it upload and so I think oh well it goes to you know Garmin Connect and then I forget that I have Garmin Connect tied to my Strava and so then I'm like oh yeah it's all going to Strava right <laughs> and I don't know, maybe it goes someplace after that. I don't know. But that's yeah. as far as I've followed the breadcrumb trail. That's uh, funny. <laughs> um, so, all right. Well, our final voice memo comes from Denise in the heartland. And uh, Denise sounds like she has a, a big heart. Hi, Bammers. This is Denise Augenbaugh. I'm calling from Illinois. I have two older teenage kids, a 17-year-old and a 19-year-old. 
And my technology is a Garmin Vivo Active, which I love. And I also like to wear a Fitbit every day. And for some reason, I just kind of like to compare the two technologies to see which one is accurate and which one is more accurate. I started listening to the Aptive app, and I cannot run without having one of those trainers in my earbud pushing me. Um, they've made me do more tempo runs and sprints and, and try hills and things I would have not done before. Um, but one more piece of technology I'm really hooked on is the app called Charity Miles. And I feel like whenever I put in a, a charity mile run that I'm running for MS or I'm running for diabetes or another important cause and some of that mileage is actually going to donate money to that cause, it just makes me go a little farther and harder because I'm running for someone else. So that's what I do for technology, and I really don't think I can run without it. I really don't want to try. Hope you have a great fourth. Thanks. I love that Denise uses technology for the good of others, too. So kudos to Denise and other people who use similar apps that allow them to um, put their miles to good use. And um, yeah, so, well, I think I learned a lot about you and a lot about GPS usage today. So thank you. Thank you for suggesting this topic, Amanda. (laughs) Anytime, anytime. I hope it's helpful. I, I, you know, I just, I, again, I'm coming from it from a, an old school perspective and, um, you know, and, and I think one thing I didn't mention also is there is a lot of research showing that, um, you know, too much too much feedback is, is not a, a friend to you for, for running. So I just want yeah. people to kind of just just take it with a grain of salt and, and, and um, you know, use it, to, you know, if you enjoy it and enjoy crunching those numbers, all that, I get that and, and, and hats off to you. But um, also make some time in your life for, for a little bit of um, gadget free running and mm-hmm. um, you might yeah. find you like it. So, yeah. 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 And I also think because there can be so much pride in looking back over those stats or, you know, whether it's right when you get back from your run or months down the road and think, oh, yeah, you know, look at that. Um, You know, now I can go further or, you know, whatever stat you want to look at. But then also, I think it's too easy to beat ourselves up. You know, if if I were to analyze those stats from Connecticut, you know, I'd be hanging my head pretty low. But yeah. Yeah. And that's something, you know, a couple of studies have shown that it, it definitely can um, make you feel bad about yourself. You know, like mm-hmm. if you have a goal pace and you go out there and you're looking at your watch and you're not hitting it and you start beating yourself up and mm-hmm. you come back and it just kind of ruins the whole run, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's, there's definitely some validity to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 All righty. Well, thank you so much and stay cool, Amanda. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, 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 there are two spots left for the AMR Run Plus Refresh Retreat. That is September 21st, the 24th in Spokane. So there is still time if you've been thinking like, oh, I really want to join all those bammers in the lovely Pacific Northwest where I promise it will be great weather. Um, uh, At least it won't be humid, won't be hot. Uh, So join us in the lovely part of the country from September 21 to 24. We are going to have Coach Amanda will be there, Coach MK from the Train Like a Mother Club, Ellie, um, who does Simply Nourish Like a Mother, she's going to be there. We're going to be giving um, sessions. Dimity will be there, Adrian Martini, um, tons and tons of um, the team AMR will be there and we will be talking about pre-race fueling, uh, pre-race motivation, running motivation, running tips, prehab. There's going to be um, someone from Trigger Point Therapy there showing you the best ways to roll and get out all those um, kinks and knots in your muscles that you might be feeling 
going to have great meals. Um, it's just a really beautiful setting. Going to be running the Happy Girls Spokane race. You have the option of doing a 5K, 10K, or half marathon, or just keep me company at the finish line because I'm going to be the MC of that race. So if that all sounds like a good time to you, head on over to anothermotherrunner.com slash retreat. Again, that's anothermotherrunner.com slash retreat. And really hoping to see you in Spokane in late September. Oh, and Alex will be there because we're going to be recording um, a live episode of, or a recorded episode of the podcast, but in front of a live audience. So Alex will be there. Our podcast is a member of the ACAST Network. And our show today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles, no matter how you track them.